strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And this week on Notorious Knowledge, I'm going to talk a little bit about nursery rhymes. (laughs) Oh, are you now? (laughs) I am. Who was Mary? And did she really have a little lamb? I certainly hope its fleece was white as snow. (laughs) The nursery rhyme you probably assumed was fiction was actually about a real person. Mary Sawyer, who was an 11-year-old girl in Sterling, Massachusetts, was followed to school one morning in 1817 by her little pet lamb. She persuaded her parents to allow her to hand-raise a lamb after the mother rejected it. When they reached the school, Mary did hide her lamb in a little basket at her feet, but lambs weren't allowed in school, and so the teacher put the lamb outside. Mary's little lamb waited for her outside until the end of the day. The first version of the poem was written by John Rolstone, who was there that day, and gave Mary the poem. In the late 1860s, Mary used her and her lamb's fame by helping to donate stockings made by her mother from the lamb's wool to raise money to help the Old South Meeting House, a historic building in Boston. These stockings were picked apart, and some of the wool was attached to cards that said, Knitted wool from the first fleece of Mary's little lamb. Holy shit. Who knew? Yeah, so she's a real person. She really did have a lamb, and there you go. I mean, I think that I knew that it was based on a real story. Anyway, tonight, Robin, I'm going to talk to you about an amazing, awesome woman from the American West. Cool. Martha Jane Cannery was born in Princeton, Missouri on May 1st, 1852, and would grow up to be one of America's most legendary gender-bending badasses. Gender-bending? This is the story of Calamity Jane. Oh, shut up! I didn't know that was her real name. Oh, that's so cool. So, like I said, born in Missouri. She Princeton, was... Missouri. For When you said Princeton, I thought New Jersey first. Not time. New Jersey, Princeton, Missouri. So, like I said, born in Missouri. She was the oldest of six children. She had two brothers, three sisters. She loved the outdoors mm-hmm. and began riding horses very young. Her childhood sounds idyllic, but her family was anything but awesome. Her father, Robert Wilson Cannery, had a gambling problem. And her mother, Charlotte, I'm assuming to keep the family fed, worked intermittently as a sex worker. In 1865, Robert and his family moved by wagon train from Missouri to Virginia City, Montana, chasing gold. At this time, the 13-year-old Jane spent most of her time hunting with the men in the caravan. By the time they reached their destination, she had become quite an accomplished marksman and a fearless rider. Hell yeah. Shortly after their arrival in Montana, Charlotte, Jane's mother, died of pneumonia. Oh. Once the wagon train had reached its destination, Robert took his six children to Salt Lake City. They arrived there in the summer of 1866. It was here that Robert began farming 40 acres of land, but tragedy struck once again, and Robert died in 1867. Oh, no. Now 14. She's the oldest. Both parents deceased. Fuck. Martha Jane is left with five younger children to look after. Oof. So she loaded up the wagon and took the family to Fort Bridger, Wyoming, and then on to Piedmont, Wyoming. There, she took whatever job she could find just to provide for her younger siblings. She worked as a cook, a nurse, a dance hall girl, a dishwasher, a waitress, an ox team driver, and a partridge in a pear tree. No. I was going to say that's a thing. 
but she also worked as a sex worker. Aww. Some some sources say. And very young. Mm-hmm. Mind you, she's 14. God damn it. Yeah. Not great. Not great. Not great. So we're in frontier. Yeah. Wild West style America. It was in 1870 that she joined General George Armstrong Custer as a scout at Fort Russell, Wyoming. She wore their uniform of a male officer. And this began her habit of dressing as a man. Or more accurately, just refusing to dress like women of the day. Yeah, girl. She just was I'm like, so much nicer in a pair of pants than I am a dress. Take your corset and I'll tell you where to put it. She was said to have been the most reckless and daring writer and one of the best shots in the West. Mm-hmm. In 1872, she returned to Fort Sanders, Wyoming, where she was ordered out to the Muscles Shell Indian outbreak. And it was here that she earned her name, Calamity Jane. In her story that she tells, she says that it happened at Goose Creek, Wyoming. Captain Egan, who was in command of the post, and the troops were ordered out to squash a nearby Native American uprising. On their return to camp, they were ambushed by a large group of Native Americans. Captain Egan was shot and fell from his horse. Jane, who had been riding out in front of him, heard the gunfire and quickly turned back. When she saw him falling from his horse... She rode back and snatched him up quickly and threw him on the back of her horse and rode him swiftly back to the fort where he was safe. It was Captain Egan who said, I name you Calamity Jane, the heroine of the plains. She continued to work as a scout, traveling all throughout the West, protecting miners and settlers from Native American attacks. I am not going to get into the whole idea that the reason why Native Americans are attacking is because they're taking over the land. That's I just, what I'm I know thinking in my head. I know. That's why I'm silent. I know. I'm making comments. Let's just say it. Let's talk about it. The uprising of Native Americans. Right. Yes. Also, so, I'm like, what the fuck does calamity mean? It is hard to, it is hard to tell the story of Calamity Jane without telling the story of Native American takeover in the West. But I... I promise you that I do not think that what was going on was right, nor do I agree with it, but I do want to tell you her story. Oh, yeah. And to tell her story, I have to just say the things that were going on. Oh. Did you look calamity? I know what calamity. Oh, I didn't. It's an event causing great and often sudden damage or distress. Hot mess comes to mind. (laughs) That's her new name. Hot mess Jane. Hot mess Jane. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends. So for me, it's, you know. Try to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. (laughs) Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So, um, without delving too far and too deep into the politics of the West and Manifest Destiny and the American the government and military 
moving across and taking over native lands without getting too deeply into that. Here she is, this young woman who at this time we're talking, she's maybe 17 years old, is riding with the military and generals throughout the West working as a scout because she's very good which on is horse, fantastic very great with a gun fantastic um and is working really hard to make yeah. money for herself and her family and the fact that she's a woman and she's in this leadership kind of role it's fantastic i mean she's it's not, not she's not, it's not leadership and i mean like respected it's you go ahead and yeah. we'll follow you we'll follow your lead well she's and, always and faster in my mind that's a leadership role i mean it, she's a scout so she goes out ahead mm-hmm. which means that she is in a lot of ways in control of mm-hmm. where they're yeah. going absolutely so that is one of the stories of how she got her name there are a few out there they go back and forth but they all sort of end in kind of the same there is a story where somebody says that her name's calamity jane she continues to go by that for the rest of her life from a very young age she touts this name so she continued to work as a scout traveling all throughout the west protecting miners and settlers from so-called native american attacks whatever in spring of 1876 she became very severely ill and was hospitalized for 14 days oh she became very ill supposedly after swimming back and forth across a river multiple times to deliver messages to camps across so she did this enough times and had traveled to a point where she exhausted her own body and became very ill they don't really say with what i'm just assuming pneumonia I'm going with that. So when she was back up and running, or more importantly, when she was able to ride her horse again, she decided to go ahead and head on over to Fort Laramie. And it was there that she met Wild Bill Hickok, who was traveling to Deadwood, South Dakota. Deadwood. They got along immediately. They had similar interests, you see. Drinking and exaggerating. (laughs) And similar interests, you see. Both drinkers, both exaggerators. Like, you know, they embellished stories a bit. Yeah. There are rumors that Jane and Bill may have been lovers, but there is no real evidence to that effect. In all of her memoirs, she refers to him as a friend. In June of 1876, Jane and Bill arrived in Deadwood. It was here that she began to work for the Pony Express. She was a rider who delivered mail over some of the roughest trails in the Black Hills. All during that summer, Jane stayed in Deadwood, moving from camp to camp. That is also where she met Edward Wheeler, who was a writer who wrote dime store novels about the West. And he featured Calamity Jane as the heroine of one of his novels. And she was frequently mentioned in these this series, and it, it gained her fame sort of throughout the United States. Yeah. Um, on August 2nd, 1876, Wild Bill Hickok was sitting at a gambling table in the Nuttle and Mann's 66 Saloon in Deadwood. Here, he was shot in the back of the head by Jack McCall. Hickok was holding a pair of eights and a pair of aces when he was killed, which will forever be known as the dead man's hand. Oh, shut up. Hickok's funeral was held the next day, and the entire population of the Gulch, prospectors to prostitutes, or sex workers, as Mm -hmm. I would prefer to call them, uh, followed his funeral procession to Boot Hill. On the same day, a jury panel was selected to try Jack McCall. McCall claimed that he had shot Wild Bill in revenge for killing his brother Jack in Abilene, Kansas, and maintained that he would do it all over again given the chance. In less than two hours, the jury returned a not guilty verdict that evoked this comment in the local newspaper. Should it ever be our misfortune to kill a man, we would simply ask that our trial take place in one of the mining camps of the hills. Huh? What? So basically, this guy was like, well, that guy killed my brother, so it's fine that I killed him. And the jury's like, 
Well, yeah, like you had to kill him because he killed your brother. He killed your brother. So it's fine, right? So it's fine that you like murdered him. It's NBD. Re- revenge is easy there. Yeah. yeah. Less than a month later, the trial held in Deadwood was found to have no legal basis. Deadwood was located in an Indian territory. So whatever happened there was not actually. No jurisdiction. In the United States. Mm-hmm. So he was then arrested in Laramie, Wyoming, and on August 29th, 1876, was charged with murder and taken to Yankton, South Dakota, to stand trial. Later, he was found guilty, and in the spring of 1877, Jack McCall was hanged for the murder of Wild Bill Hickok. Wow. West, man. I just, I loved that it was kind of the Wild West. Like, you know, like. It's, it's insane. You're talking about, like, they're in Deadwood, South Dakota, which is a native territory. It is not part of the United States at this point. So that justice isn't real. And I was just, like, I was kind of fascinated by it. It's a, mm. it's a Native American land, like, yeah, territory. So it, it made me want to watch Deadwood. I never watched oh, it. I, it's really I, good. I Calamity Jane's in it. <laughs> I know. I didn't have HBO. So I was like, I know. She was, she was the, unfortunately, she, she's the drunk one. Clement Jane. Oh, she's real drunk. She's it's coming. She's it's coming. She's like, real drunk. She's like every time you see her, she's always just peeing herself and have a bottle of whiskey in her hand, unfortunately. Calamity Jane remained in Deadwood, prospecting at various mining camps in the area. When the smallpox plague struck Deadwood, she nursed many people back to health and with little more than a thank you. Even old Doc Babcock had Doc. to had to admit that there was a little bit of an angel in this hard-boiled woman. While tending to the children, the doctor said of her, she'd swear to beat the hell out of him, but there was never a tenderer kind of cousin. Well, that's the thing. is She always put up this giant hard shell, but she's the older five si- of but, other five siblings. She, she was left them. with them. Yeah, she yeah, had no so choice. She has a kind-hearted, motherly yeah. instinct deep behind yeah. all of this facade that she kind of gathered throughout these years because in order to be a well successful woman in this kind you have to have a hard shell yeah and i mean her hard shell went a little bit further than that because she was kind of like a wild woman she was yeah you have to be so there's a couple of west there's a couple wild calamity jane stories so i'm gonna tell you a couple of them she's not named calamity for no reason that is 100 percent true Sometimes they used to call me calamity jen but i've cleaned up my act i swear i've never i've never been called that but my name is Robin, so I've, I've been called much more, much more things. Yeah, but yours are just so personal. It's so, I mean, mine's more about my general destructive nature. But yours are just, nobody should ever call a person a Bob and Robin. Bob and Robin. It's How many flavors days. do you have, Robin? How many flavors do you have? Jesus. How many flavors? Yeah. Oh, because the Baskin Robins? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrating. Teens, man. I'm telling you, it's tough. Man. Being a teen is tough. It sucks. All right. What were we talking about? Calamity Jane. Jane. Let's get back to it. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about our antics. I love it. So when the lard players were at the East Lynn Opera House, Calamity sat with her rough and tumble ready gunslinger friend, Arkansas Hatam. We use friend quotes here. Friend quote unquote. Boyfriend. Lover. Who the fuck knows? Maybe just a friend. So she's sitting there with this guy, Tom, uh, and Jane becomes enraged at the denouement in the play and stood up and let 
fly a long string of tobacco juice, which hit the star square in the eye and dribbled down her dress. She spit at them? She did. Like a fucking camel? Like a camel, Robin. (laughs) Jane's gunslinger boyfriend let out a whoop at this and then stood up and shot out all the lamps. The crowd went wild with delight. He shot out all the lamps? Yep. Such a waste of, of... Ammunition. Flamity then took her gunslinging friend by the arm and they marched up the aisle together to the cheers of the crowd. Oh, Jesus. Tom, unfortunately, did not see Jane again because he was cut down in a bank stick up the following day. Mm. I mean, we're talking like high class out here in Deadwood. Oh, my God. High class. Can you imagine Deadwood like a dating app? Oh. Be like, oh, he didn't ghost me. He died. It's like, oh, I had a really good date with Tom the other night at the opera or, or like, you know, at the playhouse. You know, we had a really good time. Things occurred. He shut out the lights. Everything was crazy. You know, we got we, like grants. And then I never heard from him again. And then we were later really jiving like <laughs> dead with the dating app. Another awesome story about Calamity Jane is um, she left Deadwood for a time and she showed up somewhere else and she had a young woman with her who she claimed was her daughter. And she threw um, a benefit trying to send her to a Catholic school. Cool. Yeah, a ton of people came and a ton of people paid their money and they made enough money for her to go to this Catholic boarding school. Who was and this little girl? <laughs> Just a stranger on the streets. Then Jane spent all the money that night drinking. Oh, no. She isn't awesome. She, I mean, I, I assume she has her reasons for not being awesome. But she does some things that are great, mm. right? So one I, morning in the spring of 1877 when she's riding toward Crook City, she met a stagecoach running from Cheyenne to Deadwood with Native Americans in hot pursuit. Running alongside, she found the driver lying face downwards in the boot of the stage, having been shot with an arrow. She jumped over, took the driver's seat, and drove the coach to Deadwood, carrying it six passengers and the wounded wounded driver. So, like, she was, like, ballsy, and she wanted to help people. She was just a hot mess. She, she just also really liked to drink. Like, to drink so much that she peed her pants, apparently. Yeah. So says the HBO series. And I'm not surprised. It's, it's like, you know what? She she has some troubles, right? So she, she deals with her oh, own... You know, she'll she will drink a half bottle of whiskey, but then if she sees someone in need, she'll be like, "And forward, super superhero mode. Let's yeah. do this. Let's go." Yeah, she's like fully willing to tend to the ill. I think that has Sweet a lot to, to do children. with the fact that she is she was left all of her siblings yeah. to her. But then yeah. also, let's stop for a moment now. Also, where are they? Where are the siblings? Where are they? Nothing is known of what happened to the siblings. Hopefully they all went their separate ways and she's like, you go to school and you go to school and you go to school. and Nothing is known of what happened to the siblings. I don't know why. I don't know if perhaps they're taken away. I don't know if like church people kind of take them away or there's nothing that's really said. So it's hard to. And I mean, so here's the thing about Calamity Jane's story. Let's just go ahead and say it. A lot of it is fictionalized because Mm -hmm. she tells the story and she tells the story to pretty much anyone who'll listen. And she kind of has created her own biography. So how much of it is true? How much it's fiction? It's hard to tell. Is there any evidence that there were even other siblings? Yes. Okay. Yes. 100% there are birth records that are able to be tracked. You can find her birth record, her parents. Um, So, I mean, certainly the, 
the children existed. That's that that part's true. Yes. But um, what happened? Difficult after to track this. them really from there because now we're out in Wyoming, which is the very end of America at the time, and the records just kind of go so the way of the happened? dodo. Did they pass um, with illness and that what's make that that what get her like all involved with the drinking? Like she can't it comprehend said that, that it like, said that when she reaches She's with the soldiers and she's working as a scout and they go into a town and that one of the first things she does is she sees a bar and she goes to it and that's like she's drawn and she's there and she's in it and she's in it now and she's very young. We're talking 18. Something something probably happened. I mean, I'm sure nothing good happened. You know, I mean, what good thing happens to a young woman who is left with nothing? So we're talking this woman is working any kind of job she can find to try to make money to support her siblings. siblings. You know nothing great is happening. She's working as a sex worker. She's working as a dishwasher. You know she's being taken advantage of in every way possible and at some point she decides to take control of her own life and her own there there's one writer that actually calls her the Courtney Love of the West so do you think like maybe her uh... <laughs> and the, like <laughs> she's not a bad person no she's yeah, but I she just maybe she left when her second sibling was of age to take care of them and like That's all right now mean. it's your turn yeah. Bye. See you later. Now it's your turn. You know. That's what I'd like to believe. I'd like to believe that like one of them got like old enough and like things were kind of looking okay and she's like making money and I'm ho- like I would like to think that she sent money back to them, but mm. I might be painting her with rose-colored glasses that she doesn't deserve. Calamity Jane left Deadwood in the fall of 1877 and traveled to Bear Butte Creek with the 7th Cavalry, where they built Fort Meade near the town of Sturgis. In 1878, she left the command and went to Rapid City, where she spent the year prospecting with little success. By the year 1879, she was in Fort Pierre driving the mule trains to Fort Pierre and Sturgis. At this point, she is 27 years old. Let's just... Okay. All right. Let's... Perspective now. Okay. By the late 1870s, Calamity Jane had captured the imagination of several magazine feature writers who covered the colorful days of Deadwood. One dimes were novel... Even dubbed her the White Devil of the Yellowstone. (laughs) By 1882, she's now 30 years old. She was in Miles City where she bought a ranch on the Yellowstone River and raised stock and cattle. Ever restless, though, Calamity went to California in 1883 and then left for Texas in 1884. While in El Paso, she met Clinton Burke, a native Texan whom she married and on October 28th, 1887, she gave birth to a baby girl. She also had a son who died died in infancy. It should also be said. Her child is actually pretty much immediately given into foster care. Why? What about the husband? They left Texas in 1889 and went to Boulder, where they ran a hotel uh, until 1893. During the next three years, the Burke family traveled through Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, and South Dakota. For the next few years, Calamity tried to sell her life story to anyone who would listen. I just don't think she's she's just not suited. But what about him though? Like I don't know. I mean, there's such I mean So she is he can hire stuff like apparently they have money. They're going around all these places. I don't think they have money. 
childcare of some sort? I don't think they have money. Sound like they did. Um, just because they're traveling at this point, they're moving from place to place, probably looking for money, looking to make money. I don't think that they have money, but I will say, I do wonder if because of her past, she does know what it takes to be a good parent. Like, she no. knows that she has a wanderlust and that she's not going to sit tight. And she is not a healthy woman. She is. Do you think that maybe she is well known? No, she is well known to be a very bad alcoholic. So the baby could also be. Yes. For the next few years, Calamity tried to sell her story to anyone who would listen. Having the reputation for being able to handle a horse better than any man or any cowboy, she took her skills to Buffalo Bill's Wild West show in 1895. It was there that she performed sharpshooting astride her horse. She toured through Minneapolis, Chicago, St. Louis, Mm -hmm. Kansas, all bringing the Wild West to life. She brought to the stage the rip-roaring Wild West as she had lived it. She lived it wild, and she always managed to get drunk and was eventually fired without ceremony. In 1900, Calamity Jane was found by a newspaper editor. She was very ill, and he nursed her back to health. In 1901, she was hired by the Pan American Exposition for a job with fine pay in (coughs) Buffalo, New York. But again, she got liquored up and shot out the bar glass and... (laughs) And made Irish policemen dance the jig to her roaring guns and then stumbled down the street cursing the whole town. The next day she was, of course, run out of town. (laughs) In the summer of 1903, Calamity Jane returned to the Black Hills for the last time. In the final stages of her raging alcoholism and carrying her pathetically few belongings in a dilapidated old suitcase, she found refuge at Madame Dora Dufran's brothel in Belforche. For the next few months, Jane earned her keep by cooking and doing the laundry for Dora's brothel girls. However, by August, Calamity Jane was dying in a small room in the Calloway Motel in Terry, near Deadwood, South Dakota. Her last request was to give her the date, which was August 2, 1903. Then she requested that she be buried next to the great American gunfighter, Wild Bill Hickok, on Mount Moriah, overlooking the town of Deadwood. What happened to her husband? You ask a fine question. Disappeared. I do not know it. Her wish was granted. The funeral was the largest to be held in Deadwood for a woman, and Calamity's coffin was closed by a man who, as a boy, she had nursed back to health from the smallpox epidemic that took so many lives in Deadwood. Calamity Jane may have been second only to Wild Bill Hickok in her ability to exaggerate her life's exploits into something that only a dime store novel would believe. Now, it must be said that many of these exciting tales of adventure came from Jane herself, and many are unsubstantiated. However, her legend as a hard-drinking woman wearing men's clothing and riding rough and raucous times throughout the Wild West continues. And that is the story of Calamity Jane. A woman who lived life to the fullest and never let a little thing like the truth stand in her way of telling a great story. Just another notorious narrative. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, there are a couple of things that you can do to help us out. You can leave a positive review wherever you're listening now. 
You can also go to patreon.com forward slash notorious narratives, where you can access content that is exclusive for our patrons. And remember, keep it weird and never stop exploring.